back to Becoming Your Best Version, in which a podcast in which I interview amazing, inspiring women about how they live their best lives. And today I am just so thrilled to have my writing mentor, Iris Krasnow, in the studio today. Iris Krasnow, a Stanford University grad, became the fashion writer for the Dallas Times-Herald before moving to United Press International in Washington, D.C. to become the the national feature writer. In her years at UPI, Iris specialized in celebrity profiles and got to interview Yoko Ono, Ted Kennedy, Norman Mailer, and Queen Norm of nor of Jordan, among many other luminaries. She's the author of best-selling books, including Surrendering to Motherhood, which changed my life, Surrendering to Marriage, Surrendering to Yourself, and I Am My Mother's Daughter. The Secret Lives of Wives continues her journey as a journalist who chronicles the adult female growth cycle, followed by the publication of Sex After, Women share how intimacy changes as life changes. And her newest book released in 2020 is called Camp Girls, Fireside Lessons on Friendship, Courage, and Loyalty. Her writing has been featured just about everywhere, including Parade, The Wall Street Journal, The Washington Post, and AARP publications. She's been the guest on numerous national TV and radio programs, including Oprah, Good Morning America, The Today Show, All Things Considered, and has been featured on CNN. Interviews with Iris and reviews of her work have appeared in Time Magazine, The Oprah Magazine, Glamour, The New Yorker, US News and World Report and Red Book. She currently is the senior editor of AARP's The Ethel, a fabulous lifestyle and health online publication for women over 50. I just love The Ethel and I'm so blessed that I get to contribute to it. Iris is a professor emerita teaching writing at American University in Washington, DC, where she became one of my mentors while teaching in the Lifelong Education and Professional Development, otherwise known as LEAD, program there. She's married to an architect and they are parents of four fabulous grown sons. You can check out Iris Krasnow, K-R-A-S-N-O-W.com for more information about this fabulous person. Hello, Iris. Hi, Maria. The, one I, of the reasons the Ethel is so cool is because you are one of our regular contributors. Oh my gosh. I am so blessed to be part of the team you have assembled. It's an incredible publication, everyone. If you are not a subscriber, go immediately and Google AARP the Ethel, and you will be blessed with just a myriad of interesting ways at looking at life, at aging at ageism, at how to make yourself more fabulous than you already are. It's just uh, an incredible gift to women, really. Thank you, Iris, for being one of the driving forces behind it. Thank you. I love it. So Iris teaches, as I said, at American University, and a friend of mine was taking a class in her LEAD program and encouraged me to join. And what I found there 
was a group of women who wanted more, who want more in life, who want more expression of their innermost dreams and desires. And Iris was like, oh gosh, I can't think of an apt metaphor, something akin to a shepherdess who learned or taught us how to best express ourselves and how to move through most of us were stuck in some chapter of our life and you helped us all move to a better and higher plane. Tell us, how did you, how did you develop this gift for bringing out the very best in people? So I love the word stuck um, and, uh, and you're so articulate. I, I, you know, as a journalist, I'm so tempted to interview you, but you and I have been able to spend a lot of time together, including a train ride. Uh, to Huffington Post, where oh, we, were, yes. we were both photographed uh, without any makeup, not that I wear a lot anyway, or any a little bit of lipstick um, for, for a piece on um, this is how older women over 50 really look, you know, yes. and, and wrinkles and all. And it was just so, and so I feel like we're all stuck. Okay. And I think that there's real power in vulnerability. And I think that, I don't think, I, I know that when I write, I, I write from the heart and I speak from the heart and I talk about my own foibles and faults and weaknesses and uh, sadness and joy. And, and so it's, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking with you. You know, I'm going through, I always say that we all need to move through the dark tunnels into the light. And the way to do that for me and for my students and for so many people is through writing. Mm -hmm. And so I get people unstuck with one word, hope. Uh -huh. um, you know, there is one word that has been my guiding light throughout my life. The daughter, I am the daughter of a Holocaust survivor, a woman who did whatever she could to live as a Jewish person who pretended she was Catholic and made it out of there alive. Um, and so, you know, that, that tenacity and that hope that things are going to work out, you know, people get stuck and I'm going to just use your word in things that really don't matter. And I feel like during the pandemic, we all realize the fragility of life, the eggshell thin line between life and death, that having a bad hair day, and I'm using that as a metaphor, is not the same as having COVID or having a world that is so politically divided that it is poisonous. So it made us all focus on what's really important. <clears throat> and what's really important is to, 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 to live with passion and hope and expectations, you know, each day, because this is all we have. Yes. And so I'm going to, I'm going to stop talking in a minute, which is hard for me, but you know, <laughs> you say that you push, you know, I, in a class of seven or eight or 12 women, you're all pushing each other through the tunnel. You're, you're saying, wow, I'm going, or someone might be saying, oh, I'm going through a difficulty in my marriage or a bad divorce. Uh, and, so, and someone says, I've been there. And, and I speak openly about the challenges of raising kids, the challenges of staying married, yes. you know? And so I love that I get people unstuck because you get me unstuck. My students unstick me. I keep moving, baby. Well, you attract really interesting, multi-dynamic people in your in your circle. And the women that I met via lead are still my close pals. They're my tribe. 
still because you encourage vulnerability, as you say, and you encourage us to share from our deepest parts. And as a result of being in your class, I finished my book called 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life, in which I bleed on the pages. I'd really exhibit everything, all these secrets that kept me sick for so long. And a lot of that was because you helped nurture me as a writer and many, many other women. And well, this is a woman who doesn't just nurture us in the classroom. She has us over to her house periodically. It's just incredible what you do. Well, it's so interesting. You know, I'm not a big one on superficial conversations. I was talking about this to my husband yesterday and I'll just be, uh, you know, I hate the expression to be honest because mm -hmm. that that means that we're not honest <laughs> I, I, honestly i was having a very short curt phone conversation and and the man that i've been married to for 34 years which seems like 3400 years <laughs> uh, um uh he said, you weren't very, you know, you weren't very, you weren't yourself on the phone. And I said, well, I'm not big on superficial conversations. You know, right now, first of all, the anniversary of the insurrection, uh, when Omicron is, should go flying out into space, because it sounds like a spaceship. Mm. I, I'm just, I didn't want to hear that there was a sale on purses at Macy's. Okay. Right. And not that I don't like purses, which, you know, I need one. So, I mean, we do not have superficial conversations in my classes or in my friend's circle or in my ethel circle mm -hmm. when i assign a story to a writer and you know this it's like drill down baby you're not if i send back a story that someone has written it's because i'm just i'm not affected at the level of soul or heart you know it might tickle my flesh a little but get down there get yeah. down into the pain and get down into the vulnerability and tell the truth yes. it's hard Tell yes. the truth. And I think in our classes, and I'm, I have another class um, of six women now that have been together for years. Um, you know, we just get in there. You know, my marriage is hard. I've had cancer. I mean, I'm not talking, thankfully, of the, the many things that I have had. I haven't had cancer yet. But, you know, someone will say I'm dealing with thyroid cancer. And someone who hasn't spoken for years said, you know, I, I didn't share this, but I had breast cancer. And here's some ideas. Or, you know, so we, as women, and I am not going to be gender bashing at all. I do have four sons, um, but I, I do think women are able to really emote better and, and more freely and, and really heal each other. Nobody knows what it's like to live in a woman's skin other than another woman. And, yeah. you know, you have a son and I have four. And so we know that some of those typical male attributes that people use as stereotypes vary from from person to person, just like our feminine attributed stereotypical traits. You know, I didn't play with Barbies. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you can look at me and, and say, which your, which your podcast audience is not, you know, I'm not a Barbie person. I was a tree climber. Yes. But you know, it, it's so easy. Like you and I took a train ride together and, you know, for two and a half hours, we never stopped talking and just exploring and being curious about other aspects of our lives yes. that are not like, I'm sorry to say hockey scores. And again, that's stereotypical, but women drill down. Yes. And I just, you know, we don't have a lot of time on this earth. So let's get to it. You want to be my friend? You want to write for me? You want to be my student? I'm going to know you. 
I want you to know me and I want you to tell the truth about your life. So your whole podcast is about living your best life. Your best life comes from living your truth. And it's sometimes not very pretty. And you may deflect some people who say, you know, she's over the top. I've heard that, you know, um, people have dumped me from their lives. I've dumped people from their lives and it's okay. Yeah. We don't want to be with people that don't make us feel richer and better and more about our lives. We don't want to be around people that don't enhance our ability to live our best life. That is so true. So true. One of the biggest points in my book and in my recent TED talk uh, is surround yourself people who encourage you to be your best be your best version. And like you said, life is short. We never know what our, when our last day will be. And often in this culture, we're more careful about how we spend our money than how we spend our time. Yet time is the most precious commodity. And I love that you, you simply don't waste time on things that don't matter or that are superficial. And I love that about you. Love it. And I wonder if some of that is informed by all the incredible, I don't know, icons of our day that you got to interview. And these are people who have a lot of wisdom because I think because they've been scarred by traumatic events in our world. So do you think that informed this this version of you that wants to really get down, drill deep to the core of meaningful conversations and meaningful endeavors. So, so every time you talk, I think, oh, I want Maria to do this story. And you know, you have two more that I've assigned, but <laughs> this trauma make us better. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I love, I, um, so I'm going to give you three people that changed my life. Okay, and write that down, Maria, because I definitely I will. <laughs> Nobody can steal that idea. She's doing that for the ethel. And by the way, it's free to subscribe to the Ethel for women over 50 about life, sex, relationships, finance, health, everything. And you can go on aarpethel.com and become a free subscriber. You get it weekly. We love it. Um, so three people I think were life-changing for me. I'm going to say four. I'm, I'm going to say five. So Billy Graham, <laughs> who's a Christian crusader. I loved him. He really uh, awoke a spiritual uh aliveness in me uh as a christian christ following leader and i'm jewish i, I loved billy graham lev cell who was a holocaust survivor and i got to spend a day in a, with at his apartment in new york he was um again it, it was it's so nice to see people who who lived through this horror and to tell the story as my mother did and she wasn't in a camp like uh, uh lev cell but you know just to live through the horror and, and talk about trauma mr rogers was so fantastic um and i and i hate the words like fantastic and fabulous but in a detail he was wearing a sweater that his mother knit yes his mother knit those sweaters and he was so kind and so open and told me so much in, in a few words, like I speak in voluminous sentences, <laughs> like he was just so succinct and, and sweet and, and kind, there is kindness. Queen Nora of Jordan, I interviewed her at the palace in Amman mm. uh, while her husband was uh, having a sparring match with Yasser Arafat in the other room. Wow. And she was pregnant with her fourth child. And I just talked to her like I'm talking to you, Maria, 
you know, just, it was just chit chat. And, and it really cemented to me, I was in my early thirties, how, um, you know, how women can just be women. And it's not about being a superstar or royalty. It's just, you know, how do you, how do you feel about kids? You know, let's talk, you know, cause she, she and her husband actually, King Hussein and Queen Noor um, ordered McDonald's for their kids. And I found so fun, you know, of course they flew in the McDonald's other than us who have to drive through crowd. But I mean, I just love that the, the trivia of that. And then finally, Ted Kennedy, um, I got to interview him several times. It's, um, he, uh, he didn't think about, first of all, he took communion and, and, and someone came to him or to communion every day, was a fierce believer in God and the power and didn't talk about what he lost, but talked about who he was and whether you hate him or hated him or adored him, he made more difference on the Hill for AIDS, for, um, you know, uh, for, you know, one of his sisters had had a lobotomy for mental illness, for cancer, for everything. So he really worked hard. And this was a man that got like 10 or 11 assassination attempts a week, assassination threats, not attempts. And, you know, just to live with so much loss and go forward is something that my mother taught me. And is something that these people and Yoko Ono, oh my God, that would that and I still want to interview I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying but I mean there's no there's no words to describe sitting down with a powerful woman uh in her apartment where John Lennon once lived with her and where uh his blood splattered her leather coat Mm -hmm. on a day not that long before I interviewed her so I've had incredible experiences I tend to be attracted to people who have suffered and who have prevailed and I tend to come from that place. I, I, you know, I've lost both parents, but I've had a gifted life. Uh, I've worked very hard for this life. Um, but, you know, I love a good, tenacious, I love the, I love a survivor, you know, yeah. I love people with a battle scar and someone who looks me straight in the eye and says, here's how I did it. And that gives us all strength. Yes. I love how you uh, mentioned how we got to be featured in a HuffPost article about uh, women who show off wrinkles to make a potent statement about aging. And one of the women interviewed said her wrinkles are a map of her life. And I found that to be profound. And I found that that experience with you was life altering in that it helped me to embrace another aspect of me, which is physical aging characteristics. And I too am someone who doesn't wear a lot of makeup, if any. And uh, it was just another, another great reminder of I'm on an authentic path for me. And it was, I felt bolstered by you and the other women in the article. And I thank you again for for helping open that door for me because it was really, really profound in my experience. So I also wanna touch on, you have written a lot of really great books and I've read every one of them. They're they're fantastic. They do drill down. They talk about the things that are relevant to all women. And even though I didn't go to summer camp, the lessons are universal in your book. 
And your book, Sex After, Women Share How Intimacy Changes as Life Changes. Wow, I just needed to read that. I had no idea. So many people shared concerns I had or what sex looks like like as a senior citizen. I I mean, you really are able to draw out of people um, the juiciest, deepest things. But when my question to you is, all of your books are excellent. Is there any one of them that is kind of your favorite child or most impactful on your development as a writer or as a mother, as a woman? So um, I don't have a favorite child. Um, (laughs) Each book I write, you know, I write about the passages of life, which usually mirror my own passages of life and also are reaching others you know pre-baby boomers and baby boomers to keep going forward um i would say the two books that uh i don't know you know i write about motherhood and marriage um my most recent book camp girls um you know uh fireside lessons and loyalty courage and friendship i still work at my summer camp and so I think that that right now is my favorite book, along with Surrendering to Yourself. And I'll tell you first why I love Camp Girls. And that is because one of the things that you know from writing about 50 over 50 things that you want to do after 50, and God bless you, you've done a lot of them. And I can't wait till see things I want to do. I have a writer right now who's in her 80s. Uh, who's writing about 10 things she wants to do before she's 100. Uh, And she's on Seinfeld. She's wonderful. Um, And so I go, one of the things that keeps us alive is to grow at every phase and stage. And so if I um, am a 59-year-old former camper, and I return to the summer camp that I love, I am energized, and I'm, I'm growing at every phase and stage. So I would say that camp girls I love because I love summer camp and I love that I get to go back. Yes, I'm the oldest counselor. <laughs> I can still do splits and I can still take out a canoe and I still can, you know, walk around in a rainstorm and feel strong and not scared of animals. Um, and surrendering to yourself is sort of emblematic of all my books. And 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 every single thing I write and teach and talk about if about my work and life, it's all about self-esteem and self-love and not in a narcissistic way, but in a powerful way. You know, we all need to learn to to, uh, be alone and not feel lonely, to be alone and feel strong within ourselves, to not depend on other people to fill us and give us meaning. And all the books that I write are surrendering to yourself. And and the subhead of that book, Maria, is you are your own soulmate. So Mm -hmm. as someone who writes about relationships and marriage, it sort of makes my skin crawl when somebody says, oh, she is my soulmate or he is my soulmate because a mate of the soul first and foremost has to be your own person. You know that. And, and once you, you know, we have a lot of soulmates, you're, you're my soulmate. And when, as a friend and as a writer, you know, and, and I married for a long time and love my, my spouse deeply, but in terms of a mate of the soul, that's so fragile. That's putting a lot of burden on, on depending on another relationship. So I would say all my books and everything that I do and am is about feeling strong and sure-footed on my own because friends leave us, parents die, jobs change, 
the world is in chaos. So all we really have in this life is our own two feet to stand on and selves that are grounded in spirituality and self-worth um, are spiritually indestructible. So, you know, I, I learned, I, I credit my mom really for, you know, my level of bad is the Holocaust. So everything else, honey, we can push. <laughs> oh, that is a great, a great point. So important for us to realize that many of the things that we fret about are uh, rich people problems. Bad hair day. Yeah, bad hair day. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad hair day. I mean, exactly. and that's a metaphor, you yeah. know, for, yeah. uh, you know, I'm happy to listen to you wail about, you know, that you couldn't find a Gucci something on sale. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I not. This metaphor. Yeah, I know you're not, but, but I, but I'd rather hear you say to me, you know, I'm uh, having trouble with a teenager or what do you think about gender fluidity? One of my mm. kids, you know, like when people talk to me about real things, I'm a good listener. Yeah, uh, I yeah, think that's are. also, and you're a good interviewer, and you know that the art of writing well and being a good interviewer is a, to be a good listener, and especially with people like me who can't stop talking, right? <laughs> All right. Well, our favorite question on this show, my favorite question is, what do you do to become your best version? I hang around with smart, empathetic, curious fun women. And I have my whole life, my friend's circle uh, from kindergarten on is close and connected. I have never lost a good, good, good friend. And I can tell you that as the mother of four sons, the wife of one husband, uh, the uh, owner of two male cats who died recently at age 20, um, I, I, there's nothing like the power of, of women uh, to fill me up to startle me, uh, to uh, make me more hopeful, to make me happier. And, and that's, what, that's what makes me my best. And I have a sister who is my bestest friend, mm -hmm. you know? So you gotta keep your girlfriends, keep your girlfriends close. And you know, the whole thing, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I'm not a big buyer of that. I say, press the delete button on anyone who doesn't make you feel like your best self. Words of wisdom from a very wise person who has taught me a great deal about life and who I am and who I want to be. So thank you, Iris Krasnow, for being on this podcast. Thank you. And remember what I gave you as your next assignment. Okay? <laughs> I will. Take okay. care. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.